Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 537 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by Stephen Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren. Brackey's been going long sleeves the last couple days because it's like 40 degrees in the office. It's freezing in here, they, they and I'm keep... sick of being miserable all day. It's really chilly. It's really chilly. What'd you say, Ben? I have no idea. I walk in, I'm, I'm always the first one here, and literally the AC is cranking for an empty building. It makes no it makes no sense at all. We're, we're cranking the AC for 12 people. 12 people. In a massive office. We can handle it. Let's save some money. Very high ceilings, yeah. Uh, but whatever, you know, their money. Although I have the, I, I now have the, uh, the access code to change the thermostat, so basically... So yeah, I can do it now. Yeah, I can do it now. Yeah, no more whining. I'm going to be the change. Um, that has not been discussed super recently. Um, no, I I think everyone that I mean basically anyone can come in that wants to. Um, it's just most people are choosing to work remotely. The the wrestling content team probably constitutes sixty percent of all Flow Sports employees that are coming into the office. Yes. Um, How many Flow employees are like, uh, say, marketing or editors? What percentage? So that they, you know, that they're not like focused on one sport, right? They're not content for wrestling or content for jiu-jitsu. They're just employees. What percentage? Oh. Well over fifty percent, I would say. Um, really, that many? Yeah, because there's there's members of the content team that are agnostic. They work for for any site, right? Okay. Um, yeah, I would say probably fifty to sixty five to even seventy percent um, wow. okay. work for just the whole company, not just any specific vertical. So yeah, we're we're pretty okay. rare. Um, even I, I work for I work with a couple different sites. Yeah. Okay. There it is. So huh. you learned about our, well, our cooling and you learned about, you know, kind of some of the staff dynamics. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I saw, so I, I ran for the Alex Deering. Well, I had two podcasts. I had this podcast. I did my Funky Crypto podcast yesterday morning. You guys want me to break your brains real yeah, quick? please. So we, we interviewed this guy, Charlie Lee. He is the founder of Litecoin. He's a very cool dude. Um, but you know, so all these dudes got into Bitcoin or a lot of them got in like, 2010 2011 when it was worth almost nothing mm-hmm. right yeah that's when so I, bought, they had these, I bought like three yeah. bitcoins in 2010 it was really smart they have they have these stories where they spent a whole bunch of bitcoin uh on essentially not right they thought it was nothing so his story was i asked him you know what was the most bitcoin you ever spent on one purchase he lost a super bowl bet at the time it was a 500 dollar bet 500 dollars Mm-hmm. It was 500 Bitcoin, <laughs> which oh is $6 million gosh. a day. <laughs> Can six, you imagine? $6 million bet. It was that's, $500 at the time. That's funky. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that was, that was so funny. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I laughed at his expense, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be um, nauseating. I guess he's really rich, so it's probably, he can probably laugh I'm, about yeah, it I'm, now. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess. Um, so, hey, I ran up to the Deeringer camp. 
Uh, I only got there for like the last hour of camp. Uh, him, Tristan, running the show. I did tell him, I let him know, listen, my money's on the line, Alex. You know, you wrestle Miles and me. And listen, I'm going to be the one paying for it if you lose. So and he, said, I got, he said, I got you, Ben. Really? So he's yeah. confident he'd beat him in. <clears throat> Well, you know, he said, he said, he said, I'm not going to lose my money. So, you know, it's a, one Wisconsin guy to another Wisconsin guy, you know, saying, I got you, man. All right, nice. <laughs> well, but, that's, 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 yeah, a, but it's he a says, match I want to see. That's for sure. Yeah. He says they're, they're good training partners. They really get along very well. Um, and uh, it's all good. And he's really liking Michigan so far. Yeah. Sometimes since nothing has happened in wrestling, I sometimes forget that he's there. Like yeah. when, when I called him, I don't know month or so ago i was like oh yeah you're at michigan now you're not at stillwater anymore because he literally hasn't it feels weird doesn't it yes it's really strange Mm -hmm. yeah like some people have made moves and then it's like there's no way to really remember um very strange strange times um oh hey i also got mad at Flo yesterday just fyi not not as mad as austin DeSanto is um at Flo, but just mad at Flo. So can you guys uh, explain Austin yourselves here? Austin DeSantos mad at Flo. This is great. He does not like Flo. That was literally from Spencer Lee's mouth. I, th- I think Spencer Lee's exact quote when we were sitting down for dinner was, um, I think Austin hates Flo more than anybody in life. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's hard uh, laughing. That's pretty. It's a lot of hate. Um, okay, so I got mad. You guys are pumping this effing Russian kid. Dude, he's 11 years old. You know, you know how much I hate uh, the prodigy talk or you know pushing guys when they're when they're young. Um, so I kind of let Joe Kenya have it because, uh, and I don't know why it was him. It just he happened to be like the 17th person to post about the kid. Well, that's uh, this video is one. I mean, first of all, this video has been going around for a while. Yeah, this is not new. Um, cool. And then I don't know. It's just a cool video of this kid doing really high level stuff at a young age. I don't. But think so please tell me you guys aren't. Please tell me you guys aren't serious about bringing him in for a match. That's a joke, right? I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. I didn't even so, see that we said where that. Where was that? Mike, Mike, Mike Mal said it on uh, Insta. And then um, I can't remember where else. I think it was. I think it might have been Flo's Instagram also. All right. Well, no. We're not trying to bring in an adolescent huh. Russian for a match. Okay. Good deal. Did you get mad at the Steve-O video? Uh, you know what? I... I it was funny because that video I, was, yeah, fire. I was a little bit annoyed. It was, you can't it tell was, me right? nothing. That video was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? I got to meet him like a couple months after. It was just I just confluence events. We were in the same spot, and man, his his you know it wasn't what you expected when you watched the video. You thought the parents were kind of gonna be knuckleheads, uh, but they were awesome. They were really oh, down to earth. Cool. They were funny. His dad's really cool, and um, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, okay, well that's good because. Obviously, you know, part of me, part of what I worry about with the prodigy thing is, and listen, it's the Carrie Collette story. You know, Carrie Collette's been very open where the dad is totally insane, pushes the kid, and that's the reason they're good. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's a good way to raise a wrestler. I don't think it's a good way to grow the wrestling community. I just think it's kind of bad all around. And so I don't want to um, put that type of behavior on a pedestal. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. What what was interesting for me, because at the time, I mean, when did that video come out? 2000, like before 2010 probably, right? Um, Evo, 
Wrestling. Let's see if I can find when that it was video. real. Yeah, I want to say 2010. Hey, am I muted? Everyone's saying I'm muted. No, you're not. You were at first for a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the Chinese government. Damn straight. We had to talk to them. No, okay. So it went up in 2011. That sounds about right. So in 2011, <clears throat> I had watched zero youth wrestling tournaments that weren't at Buffalo Gap High School. Right. So I had no idea. Yeah. There, there were kids this good that could wrestle like this. So that's why it was yeah. so mind-blowing to me that the skill level could be that high at that young age. And now, you know, you watch roller tournaments or whatever, and you're like, wow, there's a lot. I of, don't. I refuse. There's a lot of really – you don't send any kids to roller events? No. Never once. Not. I mean, uh, we have a few kids who go, but we do not send kids there, no. Uh-uh. I'm against it. Well, they go, so – well, guys. not not a lot, like like real a minimal amount, a couple here and there. Even for middle we school, start, we started taking our eighth grade teams, uh, our eighth grader, eighth seventh graders to do like dual term fifteen hour dual tournaments and stuff. Uh, but no, I, I, I listen. I told you guys this is what we do. We we really push back against that early childhood development, and it's been working out great for us. And I know people think we're totally insane, but proof's in the pudding. We're putting out a lot of dudes. But you can't win roller titles if you don't enter, man. <clears throat> That's how it works. Well, here's the deal. Just like uh, that's true. I don't think I don't think what I would have to do to make them win at that age is good for their long term development. So we just don't do it, and we don't put them in situations where they'll realize that they're coming up a little bit short because it's not their fault. Because we're not trying to make them the best at age six or seven or eight or nine because it's stupid. I, th- I you know who we should have on at some point is is you and Sam Herring. To discuss this because he has a really interesting yeah, I, perspective. I, yeah, I, I don't want to discuss it with a child because uh, he is still only like 13 years old. And man, tell me your perspective on life hasn't changed since the age of 13, right? And he, you know, it's one of those things where he's he's probably when, when you're can't see the trees because you're in the forest type of thing. I can't yeah. see the forest because you're in the trees. And so, um, I mean, obviously, I, I've discussed it with a lot of people because everyone hears my perspective and they, they want to say, "Yeah, right, you're an idiot." And so, you know, listen, I'm open to people calling me idiots. I've had this conversation with very many people and very, very few of them, even very few of them even have good arguments as to why I'm wrong. A few of them have relatively good arguments because they're really intelligent. But at the end of the day, no one has been able to kind of like say my perspective is wrong. And then obviously, like I said, on on the success part of it, well, we put out the number one kid in the country at any week class this year. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question that you guys are developing guys. I just wonder, is there, I mean, some kids are just going to want to compete more just in general, inherently in them, not without parental pushing. Yeah. I literally had this conversation with uh, Joe Flo the other day. Um, yeah. Cause he, right. He was coming, came to my house, hanging out. And uh, you know, he said something like, well, yeah, at age six, I really wanted to compete. And I said, you know, I said to him, I said, Joe, like, I mean, my daughter's seven and a half. I haven't had her compete yet. Um, and parent kids are able, so easily to be influenced by parents. Like I told my daughter that literally right then I said, watch this. I said, Hey, you know, there's this tournament. If you win it, it's, it's right next door. You get a bobblehead. And she's like, really? And she got all excited. Like she wanted to, go, well, listen, she didn't want to compete before I influenced her to want to compete. But when I told her she could win a bobblehead, then she was pumped. Right. So it's like, I, yes, I, as a, an adult can influence the thought process of a six and seven year old. And a lot of parents do. Do you know how many five, four, five, six, seven year olds want to do nothing better than please their parents? 
Yeah. So yeah, and even even if that parent isn't saying things directly to the kid, the kids listen. The kids are halfway smart. They're listening to what the parent's saying, and they will at that age, and probably even till a few years older. You want to do nothing more than please your parent. I mean, that is really that behavior is very ingrained at that age. Um, and and so you know when 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 parents say, "Oh, my kid wants to compete so much at six, I'm like, "Well, you know, I don't right. I yeah, I, I don't really think that's totally the truth. I think they're probably influenced heavily by you. Yeah. For okay, here's a here's an example, and mm-hmm. I don't know what what his his rationale is, but. Caleb has wanted to compete for a long time and uh-huh. I've just, I've never brought it up with him once ever. Only discussion mm-hmm. we've had is that, no, you're not ready. No, one day you will, but you're not ready yet. Just enjoy that. But he still brings it up all the time. So he knows my perspective is that I don't want him to compete right yeah. now. Yet is he, he's a, uh, well, I, I, I don't think that's his motivation is to please me. I think he well, really wants I would to wrestle. For, but think think about from Caleb's eyes, right? I mean, I would think you've taken him to how many cool events, right? He went on the, mm-hmm. the final X road trip. You probably talk Twice. about wrestling all the time, right? And he uh, and he sees these guys that you watch, and I'm sure you watch wrestling matches at home at some yeah. point, right? And you probably mm-hmm. watch wrestling matches with him, and he sees these guys. And at this age, you probably you know you do a good job of. And this is what some I think parents should do to kids, but like making him look up to a Spencer Lee or a Dayton fix or these type of guys. Right. And so now he sees these guys and he's like, Oh, I want to be like them. Well, I need to go competing. Right. And so again, you're kind of influencing his thought process. Yeah. All right. It's my fault anyways. Well, I mean, it's, it's not bad, right? You want to, you want to give kids that you do want to give these kids the desire uh, to compete. That's for sure. You want to give them the desire to compete. Um, and so, you know, what Caleb's nine or 10, yeah, you probably want to have right. him start competing at, at this point a little bit, right. But you don't want to overcompete him and so you don't want to make him. So your guys will compete at nine or 10 years old, but you just won't, won't travel or you won't go to a, a necessarily really no. tough tournament. Yeah. N- not, not, a, well, not a lot, right. And well, five through nine, we recommend they don't really compete at all. Um, but you know, they don't really listen. Like my daughter's going to be eight next year. I'll probably have her do one tournament is what I'm thinking. Um, and then maybe when she's nine, I'll have her do, I don't know, two or three or four, like not a lot, right. Just a a couple. Um, and, um, but like Keegan, I'll bring up Keegan was somewhere else until I I think it was either 10, 11. Right. And they kind of, they kind of grinded kids. Yeah. So when he came to us, we kind of, we pulled him back a lot, right. He, we didn't go to a lot. So, you know, we go to youth state and youth freestyle freestyle greco state and we go to northern plains so you know there's a few things we go to um but then even in keegan's era we didn't really go to the you know the big 15u duels and and stuff and now now we do with our better kids um yeah so i mean he was kind of pulled back a, a lot from i would say age 11 12 13 14 and, you, and that would be the exact same with a lot of other kids um you know in our program and a lot of them are having success yeah. Yeah, no no one's questioning that. Um I just want I just wonder if there is you know, there's no one right way probably to do things. So Agreed. like wh- where, you know, where is the line? But it sounds like if kids are competing, you know, somewhat, then that's fair yeah. and maybe it just slowly but, increases in rigor as they get older and more experienced. 
that that's what I think should happen. So we have, you know, we have a thing. So they they have state brackets in Wisconsin youth by age so eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So we have a, we have a amount of matches we recommend by age bracket, right? So seven and under no zero matches is what we recommend eight through nine. I think we recommend 10 to 15 matches per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we slowly bump it up to where the 14, 15 year olds, they're wrestling, uh, like a high school type season, you know, 40, 50 matches, um, over the course of the year. And so the other thing, Christian, that, I mean, what, what you and I are kind of, we need to acknowledge this conversation, like for you to have Caleb go compete at a Texas local tournament, right. And for you to have Caleb doing the things necessary to win a Tulsa title at nine years old, those are two completely different worlds. Yeah. Right. For sure. I mean, they're, they're not, the, they're not the same thing at all. And that's why they like to have kids wrestle in local tournaments here at age nine. I mean, if I want my daughter's what set, she just turned seven and a half. If I wanted her to win Tulsa next year, the things I would need her to be doing right now are not the things that I think are healthy for her long-term development. Right. That's so I care about all the kids I coach, but obviously my daughter's the one I have the most influence over because she lives in my house. Um, there is no way in hell. There's no way in hell you could pay me to try to make her win a Tulsa title next year. No, I, I would feel like I would feel like a terrible parent and I would feel like I'm going to ruin her. And some people will say, Ben, you're being very judgmental. Listen, dude, those are my, those are my feelings. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. Um, and I'm sorry if that makes you feel bad or if it makes you mad at me, that that is my true beliefs. Well, I'm not mad at you. No. Um, well, some, some people will be. Yeah. That's a, well, that's, that's because you're, you know, Basically, you're 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 questioning parenting, which I think is a uh, that's very appropriate for someone in your position. But people are going to get super defensive about that, so yeah, that's absolutely. I think that's to be definitely expected. Rocky, you you mm-hmm. wrestled a bunch as a kid, right? Yeah, I wrestled pretty much everywhere. He's all over the place. How old? Um, well, I started wrestling like doing tournaments and stuff when I was like five, and then it wasn't like a ton. But uh, there was, like, a little league our rec team was in, and you did, like, duels on Friday nights, and then there was, like, a, a tournament at the end of the year, and then the state tournament. And then as I got older, it ramped up It ramped up pretty heavy. But, I mean, by the time I was seven, I was wrestling, like, I don't know, probably, like, 50 to 70 matches a year, probably. Wow. 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 He used to wrestle a bunch of really good dudes, like, all the time. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we, I mean... We're close to Western PA, so our club would just go up to Western PA all the time. So, like, mm-hmm. all those kids um, that, that came out of that area, I hit a bunch. And same with – we're right on the border with Ohio, so we would just go up there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and I didn't feel like I was I was being pushed. But, um, I mean, I felt it later in my career. I just – I think I got a little burnt out towards the end for sure. Yeah. And that's – I mean – so that, and that's what I would say, like, uh, the guys, I mean, we, no one likes making weight, no, no matter who they are. Right. Yeah. So the earlier you start that, the more, you, the faster you get burned out of that. And the other thing is I'll say, um, <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen some of them parents who just, they just get it. They understand how to make a kid enjoy something. Right. And they, they kind of grind them a little too much, but they still have that. They have a connection. They do care about, they care about the kid. And they know how to make them enjoy it, and that can turn out relatively well. But it's the one that turns out really negative is where the dad's just a total hard ass, and um, you know, kind of just grinds the kid and, and shows them, you know, kind of almost no remorse. Like you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. No talking back. That kind of thing. Usually, that blows up by the early teenage years. Yeah, and 
If not then, definitely later, once the kid has more independence to make his own choices. Like goes off to college. Yeah, you go off to college. That's why you got to figure. I would wonder, Ben, the correlation between kids that don't make it in college and heavy heavy paternal influence leading up to college where the dad was dictating and like super influential and controlling and then once that those constraints and that a college coach is not gonna you know parent you or not gonna baby you right you're not gonna say you have to be here fine don't come to practice see what happens cut your scholarship we'll find someone else kind of deal right and if you're really talented they'll try to make it work and you see guys that get second and third chances at, at big time institutions and it still doesn't work out that to me makes me wonder like how stable the or how appropriately they were parented coming up. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I think I think it's it's healthy, but I think like we as we as parents are having those discussions a little more than were happening twenty years ago. I don't I don't really think those discussions were happening um, twenty years ago, and so I think I think it's going to lead in a positive direction. There's no there's no perfect yet, and even us like you know I would say we pushed back too hard early. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I've told you guys this before is like, you know, we had people who were taking our don't compete a little too seriously, um, even up into, say, seventh, eighth grade. And we had to say, okay, let's, you know, I've had a handful of conversations where I said, listen, you know, he's getting pretty good, but he, you have to, competing as a skill, you have to, you're seventh grade now. I need you to go wrestle 30 matches this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you out there competing because you have to figure that piece of it out. Um, I've had that conversation a whole bunch of times. So, you know, we, we're still refining our process. You know, like I said probably within the last two years, we've started putting together like a seventh, eighth grade team, which goes and wrestles really good duels. And, you know, we're doing that now. So we're, we're definitely still refining our process, but the more my daughter, you know, ages and then my, my second daughter is now going to be five years old. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe it's gonna be different with the boy. That's definitely possible. Um, cause he's pretty insane. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, like, like I said, I can't imagine having Alex do the things that would be necessary to win a, say a Tulsa title at eight years old. That like makes my brain hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely completely understand that. You know what I think is, is interesting. And I think one thing that is a challenge for, for parents to get around is basically any sport you get your kid in little league, baseball, soccer, what at football, there's practices and then there's games, there's competitions, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just tough to change the mindset around practice, 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 practice. I wonder if there's like a way to sort of have competition, like have kind of like, well, you could do it easily because you could just have little little duel meets between the kids where, yeah. okay, on Saturday mornings, there's a duel. That would maybe make mm-hmm. the parents feel like, okay, they're getting to practice and they're yeah. getting, getting to put it into practice. Yeah, there's these things. Uh, there's a couple in our area, and I, I don't know how wide but they're nationally, but they do beginners tournaments, and they're pretty cool. Where <laughs> the kids have to have, I think, like only one or two years wrestling experience or something like that. Um, they don't call penalties, you know, locked hands. They, parents are not allowed on the mats. It's fantastic. They all have to go up in the stands. Um, there's a bunch of like rules that that make it a, a much better environment for the kids to compete in. Um, and we actually did try starting a little dual meet league with local clubs because our thought was um, it, it, it didn't work out for us at that point in time. You know, who knows? We might try it again. But our thought was, especially new, specifically new parents, um, 
if you're taking your kid to the local club and then you have to go spend eight hours in a gym on a Sunday, like as a parent, you might not want to do that. And you may discourage, if your kid's not bought in, you may discourage them from continuing wrestling because you don't want all of your Sundays stolen for the next five years, right? right? And so if you can come in and say a Saturday morning, get in and out in 90 minutes, you know, wrestle one match or two matches and then be gone, that's going to be much better for, especially specifically for new parents. Yes, yes. I dig that. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're fixing the problem, Ben. We're really, we're making it happen. We're talking about it. Yeah, Actually, Colette, as, uh, as I go to Twitter, Colette is uh, talking about this. Mike Mal asked him a question. What's the, um, what's the biggest difference between the way that you train and the way you train your athletes now? And he said, same way I parent my kids. Doesn't, it doesn't matter where you start. It's where you finish, which is, I think this is what we're talking about. We don't need to win a Tulsa title at seven. Um, one gets to the finish line in a week, another a month, another a year, but we all get to the finish line training. Uh, maybe harder early for one and another we build up into the process. So yeah. um, it's definitely relevant because, you know, he, he's probably, um, what's the word? Not the ultimate, but, you know, he's the story that everybody knows. He talked openly about it in yeah. the doc that you guys have on the flow about how hard his parent pushed him. And now, you know, Carrie is, Man, he he is uh, very eloquent in the way he speaks. He's really intelligent, and um, so yeah, you know, I, I always appreciate his feedback on the topic because he he lived it. Yeah, super wise, Kerry Collat. Um, good perspective from a guy who, you know, I'm sure his experience shapes his perspective better than yeah. some others. It, it's really kind of it's it, it's quite a credit to him that he was able to. Be raised like that, compete like that, come up like that, have the success he had, and then, you know, let that take those lessons and then make it so, you know, use his influence for a completely different direction for learning kind of the other way, even though this is how probably bottom line, who knows how good Kerry would or wouldn't have been had he not been raised the way he was, if it not been had such a frankly extreme lifestyle, but even he knows. You know, it's probably not worth it to to that degree that he went through it. Um, um speaking speaking of yeah. of Colat, how about speaking of Kerry Colat? Oh my gosh, pull this tweet up. This is so funny. So he got Co- trolled. The man got trolled. Kevin Dresser <laughs> is uh, this is, you know what Twitter? I I was mad at you, but I just can't stay mad at you for long because you just give us little nuggets like this. Um, so Coach Colat said, you know, he's uh, trying to talk Navy wrestling, etc. Um, he's got like 30 minutes, and then Dresser <laughs> asks him a question. Will you be sending your team to the last chance open this season? <laughs> uh, so funny, right? Yeah, and he said, ha ha, yes, but only if uh, they can only wrestle Navy guys. As, as you remember, Coach Dresser had the <laughs> last chance open, and his guys wrestled each other. And then he asked who... Uh, Cole was pissed about it, that was, and that's why it's so funny, because... Like, Colette was legit mad. And yeah. Dresser's over here just poking him about it. And I think it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. And then someone else replied, who's going to who's gonna draw the brackets? And Dresser just posted a selfie of him and Metcalf on a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. Hold on. Pull it up. Um, oh, right. oh, okay. I see. It's, it's closed. It says show replies. Okay. Because, yeah, read Monahan. Yes. And, oh, my God. <laughs> Dresser is hilarious. Oh, Dresser might be my hero now. Yeah, he's he's funny. Wow, very funny guy. That's funny. Yeah. 
Uh, right. And then he did, he did say NCAA changed that rules. And then one other guy had a really funny comment and said, Cyclone opens brackets are picked live the day before back at Bingo Night in Christiansburg. All draws are final. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about the Christiansburg Bingo Hall? Uh, ben? Uh, no, I, I thought it was. I thought that was just like a joke that they were saying. No, I no, no that's idea. a real. That? That's a dude. That's a real thing. The that was like part of how Christianburg rose to prominence. I think this this was Dresser's thing. They had for real. Bing, yes, they had this bingo night, and it was huge, okay. and it like funded the Christiansburg wrestling program. Basically, the Christiansburg had like a, a oh, char- They had like a really charter good, bus. Oh, they're amazing. They had like a like a really nice charter bus they had all this they were they were ballers um so yeah they had wow. this bingo hall it still exists um they they still there's train they like and they there's a practice area there too it's a whole it's a whole really? thing yes oh so the workout facility as well there's a workout facility a bingo hall it's really it's, it's got everything you can need uh but yeah that was so that's oh. not a that's a very real thing the christiansburg bingo hall okay I, so wait look, there's more good questions for colat um, so someone said, how many athletes are on your roster? And he said, right now we're at 61. That's got to be the biggest roster in Division One wrestling, correct? That's up there. I mean, I would assume maybe Army had a really yeah, big one Yeah, I would assume well. Army and Air Force probably have big uh, rosters as well. That's crazy. They likely both don't have roster caps like Navy. Yeah, that's that's totally wild. Um, I don't know how many they have here. LBS. Looks like, yeah, because, thir- I mean, like- looks like 37 on the... Uh, on armies. Wow. Well, you well, know, I, I mean, obviously like, Northwestern. There's like, um, yeah, R- Northwestern's is like 20 or something. But I was, what I was going to say, Ben, is like, there's a, uh, oh, what do they call the school before you get into the school? <sighs> Darn it, in Navy. Mm. I mean, Coach, oh, Coach Engel was prep, it. Prep, prep, school. prep school. Yeah. So I wonder if they're counting that as well. There's, there's something. Oh, Naval Academy prep school, right? Naps. Yeah, Naps, you're right. Yeah. Matt. Something like that. So maybe it's those are combined because there's like before they get into the to the school school. Yeah. But either way, yeah, that is a monster, monster, hmm. monster roster. And they're um, they're balling on the recruiting trail right now. What Bracky, yeah, you were giving me the rundown job. yesterday. Yeah, he he's doing. Seems like every day last week they they were landing someone else. Um, but they they have. Uh, Vincent Santinello, number 58 on the 2021 20, big board from Jersey. Uh, really going into PA, PA and Jersey here. Multiple. Uh, Ryan Kaka, Hunter Kaka's little brother. Oh, wow. PA State third. Um, Caleb Krebs, PA State third as well. Pennsylvania State fourth, Jay Lucas. Um, three-time Arizona State champ, uh, Zach Esplin. He's also a Fargo AA. And then in the class of 2022, they're already off to a good start uh, with Nick Vafiaitis, um, he's at one of the new Kent guys. He's number 35 on the 2022 big board. And then back in Jersey, Evan Talmadge, uh, number 45 on the 2022 big board. So they're they're rolling. New Kent, stand up. Oh, and Danny Wass, too, from Blair. Um, he's a national prep champ. Uh, he's in the class of 2022 yeah. as well. So Colette's rolling. That's awesome. And uh, Army's obviously been doing a great job, too, so that'll be a fun rivalry to follow and also the you know the eiwa dynamic is going to be fun of course cornell looms is the the big figure there but good stuff in annapolis i think uh i didn't get to listen to it yet but i think bader said he said something along the lines of uh he wants to take over the eiwa on the show the other day with military force 
He he has military uh, he military has, force to do has, it. He has boats. He's but the so only does guy with boats. Kevin. Well, yeah. Army Kevin might have tanks. <laughs> yeah. This, this could get contentious. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's more to come there. Fun stuff. All right. Next up, what are we gonna talk about? Dresser troll Colat check. I think we're done. We're done there. We're done for the day. We're just done. No, what we were gonna, what I was gonna talk about. Um, oh, so yesterday, I sent out some tweets about the uh, the compliance stuff with this mm, Seth Gross Real Woods thing, <laughs> and no lie, th- like coaches from Pac-12, Big Twelve. Big Ten, EIWA, ACC all hit me up. Two wives hit me up. They're like, there's no way this wives. is legal. The wives, Two wives. the wives are getting involved. The wives what? are furious. How did they, the Christian, wives are Christian, furious. you're telling me the wives have passed the NCAA recruiting test? Are you really telling me that? Because there's no way I'm buying that one. Well, no, I didn't say they passed the NCAA recruiting test, Ben. I said they hit me up and said, I bet this th- is garbage. And I bet they, they know. know the rules because they're around their husbands all the time who had to dance around these rules. Dude, some of these wives, they love wrestling. They live it. It's like a very much a shared experience. So they know the deal. Got it. So it was really funny because they're like, there is no way this is possible. There's no way this, this would be allowed. And, you know, <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing about my – the, what oh, I was God. bringing up a tweet is something we've talked about all the time on FRL is the NCAA does not have a uniform set of rules because the rules are as only as uniform as the application. And if the application for by said the school department, right? Yes. So Wisconsin's compliance did in fact say this is okay. Another school's compliance department called Wisconsin's compliance and was like, yo, how are you doing this? This doesn't make any sense. And they like defended it, but apparently the Wisconsin compliance was not able to identify the exemption that was involved. So they gave the approval, but it doesn't seem like anyone anyone many, understands. Many other how, schools uh, said that their compliance department would have not been okay with that. Well, my question is this. I'm like, one, would this even be allowed? All right, let's take – Another school, any, let's say, whatever. I'm not even going to name another school because then everyone will be weird about it. But, like, another school, they wanted to do this during the not dead period. Can you do that? Could you say, all right, I want to send uh, Gabe Dean to go practice with Alex Facundo, right, for a week, and it's not the dead period. What could you just go practice with if him? If he was paid for a camp, he could do it, right? You could do that then? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know the rules. Like, I, I have a good idea of what the rules are. You know, I have I know where to ask the right questions. Let's say that. I feel like if I paid Gabe Dean to come do a camp, he would be able to be in the room with the guys. And if, you know, if they start wrestling a little bit, I feel like if someone said that it was one-on-one and I paid him to do a camp, then that might have some – people might start asking some questions. But, again, like you said, the rules are a little bit gray. Well, this didn't seem like it, it wasn't a camp, from my understanding. It was just straight training. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying, but different. What is the definition of a camp, right? Show the kid a few moves and then wrestle with him, right? Would, wouldn't that be cleared as a camp or no? Only if there's a lunch break. If there's a lunch break, <laughs> it's definitely camp. But if not, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's gray area. No, it's 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 very gray. It's the trenches. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a it's interesting because you know I didn't think, and the the most interesting thing about it or the curious thing is like. 
why would anyone know this even happened if it wasn't tweeted? I wouldn't have known. Well, that I mean, that was what I kind of was like, oh, is he, he just tweeted that. Is <laughs> you know, it's like if you know something, maybe it's approved, but even if it's a little bit gray, like you just want to throw it in everyone's face. Yeah. So a lot of schools, I I am. I know other compliance departments have reached out with Wisconsin's like, yo, how did you do this? How is this possible? And I don't know if they're going to get turned in, turned in. There's there's a lot of coaches like to just complain to us like we can do something about it yeah. and then not turn anyone in when that is like the actual. Well, does it have a compliance change. department? Not quite. Uh, not yet. Um, we do have HR, though, which didn't always exist at Flow. So we're coming up. There's the picture. <laughs> Who are those two dudes in the, uh, to the left of uh, Woods? Who are those guys? I don't know them. I don't know, but there's Pico, Real Woods, and, and Seth's next to, to Real. Well, who are the other guys? I don't know, Ben. I don't know who <laughs> well, they you're are. The, you're the, the MMA guy. guy. I, I, let me look closer. I don't recognize <laughs> these guys. That's why I want to know. I'm very curious as to who they are. I actually tried touching the picture. They were not tagged in the picture. Um yeah, so I, uh, the guy, the one guy with the yellow hair, he looks like a jiu-jitsu guy to me. I don't know why he's got, he's got the leggings on with the shorts over it. That's like, I don't, you don't see that in wrestling, yeah. like jiu-jitsu thing? Yeah, probably yeah. so, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. And I, NCAA stuff always in, is a fun thing to talk about because it's so, it's kind of the Wild West, especially in wrestling where it's not policed near as well or as hard as like football or basketball is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, what I was saying is the coaches love to complain, but then they don't, not that I'm saying you should be a snitch, but don't, don't be mad if you don't do anything about it. Right. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's an interesting precedent because if this is true, if I, I, I do believe that Wisconsin got approval for this. What, but if it is true and assuming that it is, what is stopping every coach from just sending out their stud coaches to go train with whoever, any prospective student athlete, right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, but I thought it was, so it's definitely illegal for when they're on a visit to, they consider, don't they consider a tryout if the person wrestles with the coach? I don't know. I mean, it could well, be there, there's one very pro. Listen, I've heard a lot of complaints about one very prominent coach who wrestles with guys on their recruiting trips, and a lot of coaches complain that that is illegal and he should not be allowed to do that. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't... um, you heard those same rumors? No, I didn't hear that. What? No. All right, I'll tell you later. I, I can't. I'm not gonna say it on air. I'm not okay. saying it on air. I'm not asking you. People get too mad about you. that. People get people do get mad that they do. Um, okay, hey, do you want to talk about eligibility relief? Uh, yeah, I just find it well, interesting. I, I want, <laughs> oh wait, I want Chris to read exactly what he has in the doc here about Mark Emmert because I really appreciate his. Oh, uh, I put that. He wrote that. Oh, oh, well, you read it. Right. So I think it was Friday. All this stuff happens after we do our last show, and then I forget that we didn't talk about it. Classic news. Dump. Um, they're, yeah, they're ducking FRL. We know what you're doing, Emmert. Yeah, I think it was late, late Thursday. They decided to go ahead and pull a plug on D1 Fall NCAA Championships, which D2 and D3 had been been pulled for a, a little bit now. And they said it wasn't necessarily because of COVID, but it kind of was because 
you have to have more than 50% of the participating schools like still competing to have a championship and in the other like Olympic sports, they just didn't have that. So like we, we can't like legally have it. So they're going to try in the spring, um, which means the spring is going to be a very busy time because uh, you're going to have the winter sports finishing up and then the spring sports get, or fall sports getting started and stuff. But anyways, uh, I put NCAA dumb, dumb president, Mark Hemmert. Uh, <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says that the winter spring sports will, they're going to put a big emphasis on making sure those seasons happen because they didn't have their championship seasons last year, which I do like. And yeah. it sounds like they are way ahead, at least on the college basketball front, uh, than they were with football, which makes sense because the NCAA has a lot more at stake with college basketball than they do with FBS football because they don't even own the FBS football championship. But the basketball tournament, they completely own and make hundreds of millions of dollars the, on. The NCAA does not own FBS. Who owns FBS? Well, like the the schools in the conferences have like complete power there. And that's why like Mark Emmert can't like tell them what to do and can't really make a uniform decision. The college football playoff is like mm. technically like there's no real governing body in FBS football. And that's like why everyone's like, do we need a new commissioner now? Because Wasn't it's Condoleezza complete mess Rice involved. She wasn't in the college but you're football saying playoff. Makes, yes. <laughs> you're saying makes money. So who takes the money from the Fiesta Bowl? Say, for example, the schools, schools in the conference. That's it. I mean, I'm sure the NCAA probably gets a little cut, but the schools in the conference are taking the majority of that wow. money. Oh, I did not realize that. Wow. Okay. Um, but in basketball, they own the tournament and make hundreds of millions of dollars off of it. Uh, so okay. they they have much more invested in basketball. Um, but it sounds like they have much better <laughs> plans for spring and winter. Um, so here's the thing. The, the issue, as I see it, for, for wrestling, and yes, they want to prioritize NCAA championships for wrestling. Cool. Love to hear that. Mm -hmm. But if, they, if the Big Ten doesn't have football until the spring, these athletic departments, but in the conversations I've had with coaches, the, yeah. the consequences of that decision are going to be immense, right, if they don't have that money oh, in, yeah. in I mean, the fall. So is there going to be a – an Iowa, a Penn State, uh, Ohio State, are they going to provide that, right? Are they going to let them have a season? I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin's AD, has already said they're going to lose over $100 million not, not, having, not having football so or, like, other fall sports. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, there's so many unknowns. But then they're also – I think they're voting on this August 21st about giving uh, an extension – of the five-year window you have to compete for athletes who opt out of the season due to COVID or have their seasons or if they play less than 50% of their season. So let's say they start football, get three games in, they're like, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. So oh, those okay. guys would have eligibility relief. Right, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So, like, now if, you, if you're a wrestler and you know you can get a year back uh, by opting out, do you opt out? Yeah, how many guys are going to opt out this year then? This could be like a this could be a zombie oh, NCAA's zombie. Nick Saban said because uh, if they try to play football in the spring, like pretty much anyone with a draft grade in like the first four or five rounds isn't going to play. Yeah, and he's like, "What is it going to be like a JV championship?" Like, really what he said that Saban said that. Yeah, Saban don't care. He runs oh. he runs an entire state. He's basically the governor of Alabama. <laughs> um. Literally. Yeah, no, he is. Pretty close. 
Okay, so that's NCA news. Hopefully, it all works out. We'll see. Um, hey, bad news, sad news. Oh, get well soon news. Shane Van Ness out of who's number one. Ugh. Broken tibia. Ouch, well, it's ouch. always working out. Who, who snapped his tibia? Uh, was it fat sea bass or what? <laughs> thick bass, come on. Thick bass, come on, man. Did thick bass lay on his leg or something? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I have no idea how it happened. Um, kind of, sort of a weird, you don't hear about that injury often in wrestling. It's like knee, shoulder, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, I tried to hypothesize the sequence. Like, look at that. But either way, he's out. He's supposed to be in who's number one. So the kind of plan that we're, we're I think we're working with now. What? what? Was he a bracket of four or was he yeah. in one match? Yeah. He was in a bracket of four. So what we're going to do is we're going to have four versus three. Okay. Winner of that wrestles number two, Mendez. And then mm-hmm. hopefully. Vanderveer's number two. Oh, Vanderveer's number two. Mendez is three. Okay. He, Vanderveer beat Mendez at. um. Super 32. Got it. So it'll be Williams versus Jesse Mendez. Winner of that gets Joel Vanderveer. Okay. Winner of that group mm-hmm. of three, hopefully down the line, will wrestle Shane Van Ness at some point at some event of ours or something. So that is the plan. Cool. Hopefully we can make it happen. I, I really wanted to watch Shane wrestle again. He is, man, as far as prospects go, he, to is, watch. he is he is something else because he's got the motor. He's got a really diverse arsenal, goes hard in the paint. Seems like a really good kid. So hope he heals quickly and uh, is back on the mat soon, whether it's against this group of three winner or not. Just want to see him back wrestling. Okay. Um, and some good news from Bracky. Britney Spears is fighting back. She's fighting back, dude. She wants, she wants her dad gone. As the, Out of the picture. The conservator person. Um, she's, she's had this other guy, uh, Jody Montgomery. Sounds be, fake. Been helping out as the temporary conservator but um, for about a year now. But she wants her dad completely gone because he's been managing her estate exclusively. Like He's the only one that can make business decisions, uh, can tell her when to perform. Like She doesn't want to do her Las Vegas thing anymore. Mm-hmm. She has a, a show, a show in Las Vegas. I don't blame her. And he's, he's place. trying to make her do this. And she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, so she's she's fighting back. But she's got a – like, Britney Spears has a court-appointed attorney. Like, what's going on here? She's, she's, she's got a <laughs> – She's got a public defender? Yeah, she's got a public defender, Joe Schmo, from the from the streets. They pulled she didn't hit me, baby, one yeah. more time, and she's got a public defender? Yeah, because, like I said, her, her her dad doesn't let her like get like a good attorney because he controls Who that. Who favorite singer was Britney Spears? <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Your boy had a crush. Eighth grade, Britney Spears? Oh, boy. Had me sweating. Um uh, yeah, she's falling on her, her glow up was not a yeah, it's she's been on the wrong trajectory. It's very sad. Um mm. but I'm glad she's fighting back. It's really weird that this is does she what does she want? She don't want to perform anymore? What else is she gonna do? Sell uh, candles? Put videos on Instagram. Put videos of, about burning her gym to the ground. That was an accident. <laughs> Total accident. 
A little accident. Her burning her gym to the ground because of having excessive... Was it candles? Yeah, she knocked a candle over, I think. She yeah. not Listen, she knocked a candle over? Yeah. So she knocked accident, a candle yeah, over. Of course it happens. Listen, it so happens. hold on. Let's think about this. She knocked down a candle, and then what did the candle hit? Listen, I've seen things get lit gasoline. on fire. Yeah, but she have <laughs> gasoline lying around? Did she have, like, I don't know, a bunch of uh, firewood? How would she accidentally burn down her gym from knocking down a candle? I think th- I think that's – this is – I'm leaning towards she should not be in control of things if she cannot prevent – She said, hi, guys. I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for, like, six months because I burnt down my gym, unfortunately. I had two candles, and, yeah, one thing led to another, and I burned it down. <laughs> Two nice. One thing led to another. One what thing leads to another. Sometimes Christian. Jeez. <laughs> ben, you're you're quite the Britney truther yourself. It seems. Well, you know, I do love burning stuff down. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Mostly on the in the outdoors, right? Outside, I don't burn anything inside down. Yeah, that's the big There's distinction no between you and Britney. <laughs> this quote: "I walked past the door to the gym in flames. Boom! By the grace of God, the alarm went off." After that, and yippee, hoorah, nobody got hurt. She's out of her <laughs> full mind. She should not be in charge of anything. She's fine. She, she's yippee, fine. She wrote yippee, hoorah, no one got yeah, hurt. Yeah, you would say yippee, hoorah if your gym burned down said, and no one got yippee, hurt, too. Hoorah. No one no, has ever no said no yippee, No one hoorah. got hurt. Yippee, hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to start saying that now. Yippee, hoorah. Guys, we need to stop the show because. Oh, wait. Tristan Moran's locked he, out again. Kicking no, the lights on. Even, uh, no, I, I think he's good. I don't think Tristan's got any problems. Uh, it is but nine oh four. It has political arguments started in our uh, Facebook oh, chat. No. Like yeah. even in the FRL, we haven't even brought anything up political yet, Christian. Yeah, and there's there are people arguing. They started on their own. Yeah, we didn't do it's, this. Guys, stop it! Argue about wrestling. That's it. <laughs> I'm wow. surprised you're telling them to argue about wrestling. You said talking politics was fun the other day. Well, it is, but I don't get into the, the Corona stuff because, um, man, people are so politically divided. I mean, listen, I put up a lowest day in six weeks, and people get effing mad at me. Like, like I literally think maybe they want it to keep going so you know, it sways the elections. I don't know what they're thinking. Like, I hey, I just said good, great that there's less coronavirus. I thought that was a good thing, not a bad thing. There are people that are weirdly excited about how terrible it is and yes, really want really you bizarre. to believe that really wants you to believe it is worse than just the straight what the straight numbers say. Whatever yeah. the like literal scientific interpretation for the CDC or whatever literature comes out, they are mad that it's not as bad. It's really it is strange. That's something I've noticed too. Yes, yeah, a good so, reason. It's so weird, isn't it? it? Very strange. People are so mad. Yeah. But we're not going to stop the show. Um, we are. Wh- what okay. about... Maybe we what, should threaten them with shutting off the chat if they keep it up. All we'll right. Shut off, yeah, we'll shut off the chat, <laughs> and then you guys will be so screwed because there's literally nowhere else you can have political debate on the internet other than <laughs> the Wrestling Radio Live Facebook chat. Okay. Uh, do a couple questions and then uh, call it a Wednesday. Um, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to make some news or something. Make some news. What do you want uh, that? Make some news. Well, we're trying. Create it. All right. Well, hopefully we'll have some news. That's, that's what I will say. Okay. What do you believe the prime slash peak age is for wrestlers? UFC teen tends to lean 
older on average, where football is younger. With wrestling evolving, do you see more younger guys making World Olympic teams than older graduates in the past? Hashtag FRL questions. That's from Matt. Matt. Yeah, I mean, I did this. I did this thing. Uh, remember, I did that. It was very amateur statistical analysis, but people were making. And did teams like right, most likely right after college, there were very few guys who had better performances later. But now we are probably for the first time in a really long period, we're seeing guys stick around way later. Um, we talked about, I think we talked about this with you know David Taylor, Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Dake. Um, we are having a group of guys stick around for quite a while, and it's it's great for uh, American wrestling. Yeah, when, when you another thing I was thinking about with the we we're talking about the 2008 Olympic team. Like how many of those guys basically got out of wrestling, got out of competing and went to MMA. Yeah. And then you look at just like the 2012 Olympic team. And I think all those guys in 12 stayed in, in the sport of wrestling, right? Either coaching or yeah. continue to compete afterwards. And I think similar for 2016. So in such a little bit of time, but that's not really the question. Um, I just think that's an observation. Um, yeah. The prime peak age I believe no matter someone did the study, but it's like 22, 23 for like world championships. Yeah. Is like the, I think Burroughs even has, has talked about this a lot. Like the average age of world champions was like under 25. Yeah. Burroughs was winning it at like 28, 29, 30-ish. Yeah, he always yes. says he's in a young man's game. Yeah. But he's still yeah. winning. He's right about that. He's right about that. Um, but it's interesting. A lot of the guys that, that make the teams do make it right out of college – Many of them, but yeah. then since then we've seen them. A lot of them, like Jordan Burroughs, made it right out of college and just never relented the spot. Right, same for yes. Kyle Snyder made it in college. Jaden Cox made it in college. Um, yep. There's three three of our spots. Gilman's Gilman after not winning NCAA's won World Silver right out of college. That's his best right international performance. Yep. Um, I so, think Zane Zane made it in college. In college, yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, yeah. so yeah, they're definitely earlier. I mean, I think they can retain their performance for, for a while, especially when, you know, it's wrestling in a lot of ways is like riding a bicycle. Once you learn how to do things at a really high level, it's you, it's hard to forget them, right? It's hard to not do them well anymore. Um, and so we see these guys being able to continue to be successful for a while. And now they're having the financial backing to want to also do so. So, uh, but like, if you said Jordan Bros is going to stick around till he's 38, dude, I don't, maybe, maybe he's going to break my brain, but I sure don't think so. That, like, that seems like there's just no way. I think the physical and the, more the strategic iterations of versions of yourself have to change a lot of different times for you yes, to absolutely. have success for that long, right? Because Jordan Jordan's Bros in 2011, that. yeah, and he's done that. I think that's why. He's so special, right? It's because he's had to evolve yes. through different rule sets and then evolve through his body's physical capacity changing, right? And he's yes. still, you know, one of the best in the world. That's really, mm -hmm. really tough to do. And he is probably a guy that you would say is not going to – I bet in 2011, 12, 13, you're like, he's not going to age well because once he leaves his physical prime, I think the common uh, maybe – Low-hanging fruit was he's so physically reliant that once that goes, he's not going to be the same, but yes. he's just cut different. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I think that has proven itself out as he's re remained towards the top for, since 2011, right? With a very different yeah. style. I'm trying to think of other guys like that. Um, 
I mean, how many guys have went till their thirties and been the guy in in America? You can't think of almost anybody. I mean, Joe Williams was making teams for a while there, and um, see, I don't know how old getting close to thirty, right? But I would get, you know, winning a lot of medals and at the at the level he is 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 really rare. I mean, even just at the international stage, how many guys are. You know, I don't know how old Gazimov was, uh, the Azeri Russian. That, well, we don't really know what these Russians because we know that maybe their their correct age is not what they say it is. Right, so. but, but that's like almost a case like Gazimov looked old. He was super bald and he just looked like an old dude. And he was like, <laughs> he made the world, he made a, he won a medal or was in a medal match like every year for years until he retired. Yeah. Uh, he was right there to beat Snyder. He beat Snyder and then Snyder beat him at the, the Olympics by yeah. like a point or criteria. So yeah, Ty Zumoff was really uh he was all natural and stayed really in the game till um what? Did you say he's all natural? I mean that you know, maybe he was all natural, had a healthy vegan diet, that was why he was able to wrestle so long. I think it was it was, it was the uh grass fed um beef. I think it was that. Free range chickens, that uh, whole thing. Fountain of youth. For he was that definitely guy. did not take any special vitamins. No, no. He definitely didn't get caught for that. Okie doke. Um, so that's fun. Good stuff. CJ Kemp wants Sion back on FRL. I do. I do too. I know you do. But, dude, but you say that, Ben, but last time you were the one saying, cut him off, cut him off, hang him well, up, make him stop. Listen, we, we can bring him on, and we, gotta be, we have to be ready. We have to be on our toes, and we don't know when he's going to cross that threshold where it's like, this is just too much. We're yeah. likely that he is going to get there. So listen, we can bring him on. It's going to be fun. Ha ha ha. And then at some point we probably say, whoa, whoa. Th- no, we're, we're done here. Yes. Um, I, I really need, I, I don't think Tyler, our current producer was the producer of that one. I think the last one just wanted to watch the world burn, you know, wanted to see how, <laughs> how much destruction Sion could wage on the wrestling community. It was, it was a truly uh, sick mind. No, it was, it was made for great radio, but um, I really hated it. Um, so yeah, we need, we, need a, <laughs> we need a hang up button that we can just um, get him off the yes. show. Cut him. The problem will be if he's in the office, he'll just walk in here and, um, he hasn't been coming in as much lately, though, so we might be safe. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, I, I feel like I saw him last week or week, week before. Maybe he's on vacation. Um, anyway, so, yeah, maybe we'll have Sion on. We just need a, we just need some way to prevent his words from being publicized if it gets to that point. So once he gets going, you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't stop. You thought you were walking down a dark alley. Suddenly, you're approached by a large group of aliens. <laughs> That wanted to cause serious bodily harm to you. If you had to choose five wrestlers, any wrestlers, to help you defend yourself, who are you choosing? So we've done we in the early days of FRL, not early, maybe 2016. Mm-hmm. We assembled. That. We had an anti-clown task force because yep. if you remember, there were these stupid videos of clowns terrorizing. Now they weren't actually doing anything, but all of a sudden, clowns were, you know, popping up. It was like a they're Weird. just scaring people. They're just scaring people. It was a people. prank. Yeah, it was a prank. It was freaking people out. It was probably just like <laughs> grassroots marketing for the new It movie. Who knows? We'll never know for sure. But anyway, so we were figuring out who was going to be on our anti-clown task force. So we were coming up with some uh, with a variety of wrestlers that would help us neutralize these clown threats. So this is similar. Um, 
you know, well, Pat Downey you know was involved. I had NATO, I, I believe. I don't, I don't want tough guys here. I want smart guys because, you know, the aliens will probably have some supernatural powers. And so we're going to need mm. to think of some um, very unique ways to defeat the aliens. Not We're not just going to fist fight them. Are we Listen, gonna have... they didn't come from millions of miles away to fist fight. Yeah. They didn't come here. Okay, that's fair. All right, so I think we'll get Dakin Burroughs right out the gate because they're going to bring some diverse thought, you know, Kyle's yeah. an outside-the-box thinker. And then, you know. But will then, will but those two also, fight each other? No. Will they fight no, each other, this, here's my Here's the long con. <laughs> We're going to make those two work together for the good of planet Earth. Right? Okay. So good. they're not going to oh, want to do it. But then they're going to be like, you know what? we got to put egos aside here. We've got to figure this out for the Earth. Or just so we don't get nice. beat up in this dark alley. Okay. So, okay. Dakin Burroughs, one and two. We need three more, Ben. I mean, we need some like Ivy League scholars who are gonna, you know, do some type of uh, extrapolations. What to about physics uh, and what about Adam Universe? Oh yeah. yeah, that's who we need. Let's just let's just have him. Adam Coon. Figure it out. He's an he's astronaut. A, he's a, one. He's an aspiring astronaut. He's a Michigan man. That's two for two. That's big. He's also not that we're trying to intimidate anyone. He's as big as a refrigerator. He's very tall. He's very large. He's an intimidating individual. Yeah. Okay. You can just throw him. He just throw him. If he gets his hands locked, <laughs> if he can get his hands locked around uh, the alien, it's gonna be trouble because he's gonna put him in the in the in the the Adam Coon tornado. Um. Okay. <laughs> so, that's three. We solved it. We're just Coon's those three. Oh <laughs> right, yeah, Adam Coon, Adam Coon, Burroughs, and Dake. And then we're there. We're going to be helpful. Yeah. We're going to be involved. We can think. We're not ben, useless. Ben Askren's smart. I'm a freak athlete. Ben, Bracky is probably, will be the best athlete in the bunch. Um, Bros, Dake, uh, will probably come to him for athletic advice. And then I'm there. Just try not to make him mad. Okay, so we figured that out. Good question. Um, next. I don't one. think Yanni, Yanni, someone said Yanni's an Ivy League guy, but I don't think Yanni's interested in, he's only interested in wrestling he's not gonna know how to talk to the aliens <laughs> i think he good. is smart but um yeah he just he really loves wrestling a lot adam uh rush rush brought up a great point you need to have alien wrestlers oh like jaden cox yeah jaden if the aliens can get mad at jaden cox we're screwed i don't know how you don't i don't <laughs> know how you get get mad at, da- at jaden cox if you don't like if you don't say all right this guy's great what is it? You know, we'll say, Jaden, bring your guitar. Okay, have a couple numbers ready. <laughs> Show them some of your best wrestling moves you made up that no one else can even do. Um, so yeah, Jaden needs to be on there. And also, he's he's another big strong dude too. So now we've got two pretty big strong dudes. <laughs> All right, so we're getting closer. Uh, we're getting closer. All right, not Gilman. Gilman will incite violence. He'll, not Gilman. Yeah, we can't. Thomas, They're I think like is zapped by something that just incinerates us or something. Yeah, like, that. <laughs> like oh, these guys gone. Okay, so I was going off about um, I, basically everyone was the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, I don't know about these. Okay, Kyle, tee it up. All right, so you don't uh, know about any of the unwritten rules, Ben? I mean, it's been a long time since I. Um, like you, you don't celebrate or something, right? Yeah. That's so like, one. yeah, that's a big one. Like no bat flipping, no like pimping out these home runs that you hit, stuff like that. Anyways, <laughs> like they, it's just all this BS etiquette that all these old people like came up with. 
But uh, the other night, Padres are up like seven runs on the Rangers in the eighth inning, and the base is loaded. It's a 3-0 count for one of the best young players in the league, uh, Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. And instead of just taking the pitch, whether it's a strike or a ball, he just blasts a grand slam. So they go up 11 runs. And uh, the Rangers coach after the game said he wasn't a big fan of it and that he's supposed to take a pitch right there. He's not supposed to swing. And, what? Uh, yeah. Yes. I swear. Yes. What do you mean? You're not supposed to play baseball when you're playing baseball? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, he's not supposed to swing. And then so the the coach of the team that got the home run hit off of him complained. And then the coach of the hitter complained and said, yeah, he shouldn't do that. And then the dude apologized for hitting a home run in a baseball game of the major league variety. Can you believe what? this, Ben? Ben, this all happened. This no, is, this is hurting my brain. This Are you guys sure you're telling the story correctly? Uh, no. Ben, this is this, exactly what happened. So this is the quote from the The Rangers. guy hit a home run in a baseball game, and he apologized for it. Yes, because he was like, next time I'll take the pitch. Because his manager was like, we gave him the sign to take the pitch. And he's like, he just, he missed it. But why are you telling him to take the pitch? You're supposed to hit the ball. Right, you have a bat for a reason. You're not just supposed to stand there with it on your shoulder. So the Rangers manager said, I think there's a lot of unwritten rules that are constantly being challenged in today's game. I didn't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. It's typically not a good time to swing 3-0. It's kind of the way we were all raised in the game. But like I said, the norms are being challenged on a daily basis. So just because I don't like it doesn't mean that is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like trying not to do good as a sport. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That that's absurd. I mean, it's the it's the major leagues. I I don't understand that. I would. And then the the guy that hit the home run. Can you guys imagine in wrestling where (laughs) they would say, um, like? Tom Branson, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I told I told DeSanto not to finish off the tech ball, <laughs> and he just w- he wouldn't listen. He got two more takedowns. You know, I know he's already up by 11 in the third period. We're going to have a talk with him. We Like, what? Yeah, makes no sense. This like, is, so if this DeSanto stopped trying, like, Terry Browns would say, I, I can't stand that his effort wasn't good, that he didn't try hard enough to finish the match strong. It would be like the exact opposite. Yes. That's why wrestling's awesome and baseball is so lame. So uh, the guy that hit the home run said, I've been in this game since I was a kid. I know a lot of unwritten rules. I was kind of lost on this. Those experiences you have to learn. Probably next time I'll take a pitch. So he's actually, next time he won't hit the grand slam. Next time he will not swing at a clear strike down the middle. Like what? And then the Rangers, so after he hits the grand slam, the very next pitch, the Rangers threw at the next batter. For the Padres, just being total oh cowards. It's not like poor sports. Yeah. Bunch of whiners. So, they're they're uh, so lame. Yesterday, the, the Padres player that hit that grand slam, he stole third on this pitcher that was – they were up like six. <laughs> they were up like six in, like this, in the sixth inning, and he stole third from this pitcher that just like wasn't paying attention on the mound. So, But there were, a lot of, there were a lot of pitchers in baseball being like, yo, this is stupid. Like if we throw it right down the middle, you should swing. This is – this is what we're trying to get well, rid yeah, of in baseball. That's what you should do. Like, I, I can't even understand the logic. I mean, I could understand um, a few of the uh, that I, things I kind of remember from the baseball um, et- etiquette, right? Um, 
But like that one, I, I, I can't even understand the logic behind it. It's like it's hurting my head. Yeah, really dumb. So anyway, someone asked what are some of the unwritten rules of wrestling. Um, fortunately, none of them involve not scoring on guys, which is nice. Um, yeah, none of them. That's good. That's why we have the tech fall. That's why we have the pinfall. <laughs> the match can be ended. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there is there's sort of an unwritten um, thing about celebration for sure and showboating afterwards. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I hate that rule. Uh, it's not even a rule. It's not a rule. Don't make, me start, don't make me start going off on that. Yeah. Okay. We won't. You bowed. I remember that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Pre- so predictable. Well, if I had any dance moves, I would have danced, and then um, yeah, I would have got booed for dancing because that is an unacceptable uh, celebratory thing in wrestling. Wait, did you say the bow was predictable? Well, I, I mean, people have done it before. I wasn't oh, the yes, only one. Yes, you did not invent the bow. That is true. But I I've not. never, I haven't seen anyone after winning a wrestling match bow. Really? I think someone else has done it. I'd have to think about who. I mean, Japanese wrestlers bow. But, but that's just like part of their. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> are you sure, Christian? Yeah, I think they bow. Um, they, in jujitsu, they like they'll bow to the. Um, oh yeah, they'll do judges before. I'm pretty sure they do right yeah. as they walk. They walk. They, they come walk on, on the, the mat, mat, and then I think they yeah. they bow. But you're you're doing it, what and are... like I just did this. I'm, this is my. This is the end yeah. of my. You do it, and this is the end of my performance. You're welcome. Thank you for your your raucous applause. They're doing it as a sign of respect to the their opponents and the officials. You're doing it as a yes. I hear your raucous praise. You are welcome for my greatness. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, um, making if someone slams you, um, like getting up after the slam? That that's Ooh, one that I mean yeah. people get so mad about. Uh, yeah, a definite unwritten rule. Something you see is where get slammed or get something illegal. There's two schools of thought. Some guys will be like, go back out there for one more second to take the injury default so that the guy can advance. And then others mm-hmm. are like, no, we'll just take this win and then forfeit out or whatever. So yeah. oftentimes, yeah, that's, that is definitely an unwritten rule. You learn a lot about people in that situation. <laughs> yes. Man, it, it, yeah, people freak out when you – well, take it – who is the one – was it Flieger versus um, – Flieger versus – Ryder? Um, uh, Ryder, no. It was – um. oh, Mac Ryder. Yes, yes. You're right. You're so <laughs> – I thought I was thinking Ryder the college when you said that. R-I-D-E-R. Oh, no. Yes, you're correct. Uh, he got yeah. booed so hard. So, so hard. hard. Uh, I remember that. Yes. And that was a really bad call also. Yeah. It was not a good one. I didn't understand it at all. So, yeah, there's definitely an unwritten, like, you should should try to wrestle. And then some guys do, some guys don't. Um, That's -hmm. probably the best example of one. I don't know. There's probably others. And they'll probably come to us between now and tomorrow's show, and then we can talk about it again. And the Super 32 semis, um, John Martin Best from – Parksburg, he got hurt against Kyle Valencia, and they called it an illegal slam. And he could have taken the easy way out, but they did the right thing. And uh, he actually couldn't, like, go on, and they were like, 
He was out of the tournament. Yeah. And but I mean, I guess he still could have gone to the finals and taken second. Yeah. You know. Uh, so he's but, like six instead. Yeah. And coaches were like, "No, this is this is silly." So what? He injury yeah. default. Yeah. No, well, yeah, I think it would matter for me. Kyle's hand. Yeah. If the if the if the other kid did something really purposeful and yes. to try to hurt someone, then okay, let's forget that dude. But if it's like one of those where they just didn't mean to, which is like ninety eight percent of them, then yeah, you got to let the other dude win. Yeah. yeah, this was just like on a mat return. John Martin just kind of yeah. landed weird. Yeah. Matt returns most are of the time so it's weird. The, it's, yeah, it's the landing person's fault, anyways. It's your fault if you don't land right most well, of the time. Yeah, like um, the Luan Pfeiffer double leg. Remember that, or was it? Yes, that was crazy. It was a very who hey. at Big Tens. Uh, Will Luan, Bo Pfeiffer, uh, their beautiful double. Oh and yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. kind of he planted him on his side, and they called it an illegal slam, and I. I really That's had a problem ridiculous. with it. I didn't. I thought it was ridiculous. You should. Um, I mean, the Penn State corner yeah, was out, the on, co- it was the out on the bubble. mat. It's a double leg. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like how the Penn State corner was like literally out on the mat before they called anything. Yeah. Yeah. It did look. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough spot. But anyway, I don't think it is that tough spot. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a college wrestling. It's a Big Ten wrestling tournament. Um, also, when guys are like trying to dive roll under on double legs and single legs and stuff, like weird things can happen. And I get the the yeah. weird thing is like they say if you pick a guy up, you are responsible for his safe return, etc. But I don't, I don't think that maybe Pee Wee wrestling. But by the yeah. time we get to college, we gotta figure out how to land, son. Yeah. A couple good examples from Facebook chat. Uh, Bobby Douglas, remember Mako told the story about him running yep. across the mat? Yes. Be like, no, no, no we're not doing this. Uh, he was getting ready to get called for an illegal move, or did, and the kid could have laid down. Ma- yeah, Mako is kind of dirty there a little bit. I mean, that that's how Steve Mako rolled. You know, he's a little nasty. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that he was kicked, one he where. He kicked a man. He did kick yeah. a man. He did. And then, uh, Noah Adams actually lost out on a chance to be a four-time state champ because the kid took laid down at a, the state tournament what yeah oh geez west virginia was, yeah he got called for a legal slam and the kids they're calling slams in west virginia yeah boy that's just good wrestling <laughs> i know <laughs> come on now especially in cold city <laughs> double dang all right um do another question and then we can go um this would be really hard when i could do that oh i'm curious if you know anything about this ben what is Cor- cornell partnering up with uh, Joe DeSena's Spartan race have on Cornell RTC and overall impact on RTC's partnering with outside organizations going forward. Uh, I, th- uh, I actually did the Spartan podcast on Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I, talking- I don't know when it airs. We taped it on Monday. Um, and uh, I congratulated him on that. And I didn't, you know, we, but I didn't really ask like the ins and outs of it. And I, you know, I, he was interviewing me, not I wasn't interviewing him. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to grill him on his involvement with the Cornell RTC. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I did, honestly, I didn't know how big Spartan race was. I don't, you know, I've never done obstacle course racing. Well, like Bray, David Bray, he's like done them. He's like, dude, this is like a really big deal. This guy was, he was on the, fired up. Yeah. He's like, this dude was on the Rogan show like a, a week ago or something like that, which that's pretty telling of uh, level of prestige. Although, of course, we are sitting here with another me- 
man that's been on the Joe Rogan experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is now coming to Austin, I, uh, Texas. So you got to get on there again. You can do an FRL and a Rogan same week. Um, I'm looking. I don't see my episode up. So maybe, um, maybe it's just not ready yet or something. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, you know, he's post producing or something. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, I think it's a, a good thing. I think it's a smart thing. I think, you know, Cornell is kind of always on the cutting edge of um, thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I think it's smart, uh, a smart partnership for sure. So good job yeah. by the Big Red. All right. Well, that's it. It's Wednesday. That's it. We really did it. Great show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was very fun. We'll be back tomorrow. Come heck or high water for episode 538 for Kyle Bracky, Ben Askren. I'm Christian Piles. Have a good Wednesday. See you Thursday. Goodbye.